1: Well, hello. Today's date is January 24th, Friday, Freedom Friday. This is your host Brother Kapow. My real name is Bablito. So, awful news today. Once again, once again, I do this show to put out information from news stories about real life evil. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, for Christians to go, wow, we just might be in the throes of the end of history. Let's make sure we're taking heed, doing all we need to be doing in telling our loved ones and other ones who may not know the gospel of Christ because things are dark and getting darker. Um, Very much so. The other reason is that just... Perhaps, by chance, someone may be listening that is not a believer in Jesus Christ as a Savior, as someone who has paid the price for the, for their sins, which will lead to eternal death, and has provided a way for eternal life, that perhaps listening to these horrible, horrible stories and whatnot might say, I need a savior. I, I, I don't want to be down here when Christ returns or I, I don't want to go to hell with these people that I'm reading about, I don't want to go, I don't want to spend eternity in a place of torment. I need eternal life. So I, there's it's twofold. One, to kind of wake Christians up so you kind of know what's going on about the evil and the perilous times we're in. And second, if there is an unbeliever, perchance, stumbling onto a Freedom Friday show that they might hear uh, my my plead and my voice for for them for their salvation it's so important uh, um, if you don't know how to do that contact me Paul at kapal com, and I will walk you through it and explain to you everything I possibly can okay so we have a ugly show coming up um, and then at the end I'll give you a decent story but there's some ugly ugly news. Today, this here is from, the first story is from Utah, and I, and I believe it's somewhere uh, near Salt Lake City. It's a 16-year-old boy, and last Wednesday, a couple of days ago, he was charged with killing his mother, three siblings. It's a chilling case that is Utah's largest mass shooting In 13 years. The kid's name is. Colin Jeffrey Haney. They call him CJ. And he's going to be tried as an adult. He could face up to life in prison. In the quadruple homicide. He's refused to speak with authorities. And investigators have yet to determine a motive. He's. Uncooperative, they say. They're charging this kid with 10 felonies, including aggravated murder, discharge of a firearm, and killing family members. He did this on Friday, a week ago, after they returned to their home in Grantsville. And that is, I was correct, is about 35 miles west of Salt Lake City. The teenager's father Colin, I'm sorry, Colin, Colin, forgive me, Colin Haney, he's 52 years old. He survived a gunshot wound and he has talked to investigators. He said he arrived home about 6 p.m. Friday, about five hours after the boy shot his mother, one sister, and then the father struggled to disarm this kid and he was shot in the leg the father said that he was able to get the handgun away from his son. He said that his son told him that his mother and his other siblings were dead and that his intention was to kill everyone in the home except himself. So his mother was 52 years old. Uh, One of the sisters was 15, another one 14. Another son was 14. 14. He killed two of them after he arrived home later in the afternoon. Um, The neighbors said they knew the family for 10 years and said they were happy and outgoing. A neighbor said, I pray for the family that it happened to and to the people that survived that are going to have a really difficult time with it. And she said they were a really, really nice family. It's just shocking that it happened. What went wrong here with this kid? What what happened to CJ here? I mean, you know, it's all speculation without further information. Something happened. He Once again, he just didn't wake up that day and say, I'm going to get a handgun. And kill my mother and three of my siblings. and he would have killed the dad had he had a chance. He was going to kill everybody. He was the only one that was going to survive. Why what, what level of what level of demonic takeover have we reached in this society? It's, it's absolutely incredible. And while you're still chewing on that one, here here's another here's another one about a mother who killed her three kids. The headlines say that she sang as she smothered them to death. This is a creepy story. The pictures of her are, are creepy. It's 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 like the lights are on, but nobody's home in that in those in, in that face. This, this one is only 22 years old. And she suffocated her one-year-old daughter while her son, who, who's three, was screaming at her no and was hitting her in an attempt to save his sister's life. Can you, can you imagine that? The headlines say she sang to her children as she killed them. She suffocated her one-year-old daughter first her three-year-old kid was screaming at her, trying to save her sister's life. Then she chased the boy around her Arizona home. This is here in Arizona. Before being stopped in her tracks when her aunt and the children's father came to the house. And then it says, this is odd. It says, after they played with the boy and Henry's seven-month-old daughter, the sick mother took the boy to an upstairs bedroom where she killed him. Wow. Wow. The prosecution of the court says that Rachel, this, this gal, this mother, is described as singing, singing to the three-year-old as he scratched her chest and pinched her she it's alleged that she, she fed her youngest daughter before waiting for her to fall asleep and then smothered her also. The, the only clue we have here, she had a history of drug taking. Um, said after she killed these three kids, she lined them up on the couch to look like they were taking a nap. Wow. So there was a seven month old girl that's dead. Uh, a two-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy were all found dead in this house. Man, once again, what, what, what happened here? What happened here? You don't wake up one day and go, "I'm going to kill all three of my kids." It's just, it's unbelievable. 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 The world needs a savior. (laughs) The world needs a savior. People are sick, man. It's like everybody's sick. Here's another sick one. I apologize. It's Freedom Friday. It's Freedom Friday. These stories are too easy to find. They're, they're, they occur too often. As a 14-year-old girl was drugged and raped, but she was able to save herself when she alerted her friends on the social media app Snapchat. So here's a story where social media actually worked to someone's benefit in a situation like this. This girl, um, I don't say how she was kidnapped or what what, it just says that the police were able to rescue a teenage girl. She's 14 years old after she was drugged and she was raped. And uh, they attribute her rescue to Snapchat. She was kidnapped in California before being subjected to a terrible ordeal. And she managed finally to escape after alerting friends thanks to a location function on the social media app. Now, most of us, me, you know, I turn that stuff off. I turn uh, location functions and, um, you know, privacy settings, you know, I... I don't want no app following me around. You don't need to know what I'm doing. In this case, it's a good thing she had it on because once she got a hold of her friends, they were able to find her location. And good thing for the friends too, who called the police. And they they came in and uh, arrested these guys. One guy is 55 years old. And he left her, this kid, 14-year-old kid, incapacitated with drugs. Then he called two friends, a guy that's 34, and another guy who's 31 who then joined them before driving to a motel after forcing her into a car. Now, I'm telling you what, you should see the pictures of these guys. Holy moly. All this is on our Facebook page, Fifth Hook Media, if you if you dare to look at it. these, these The picture of these men... Unbelievable evil in their eyes. Unbelievable. Wow. A- incredible story. So thank God that her friends had enough sense to determine her location through the Snapchat app. And then they called 9 uh, Arriving officers made contact with these yahoos. At the hotel room and they discovered the victim inside. They were all arrested. They faced charges of kidnapping to commit rape, digital penetration of a child under 14 and uh, with force and false imprisonment. Uh, also charges of a act with a child with force and rape by intoxication or controlled substance. My God, my God my God so let's uh, let's <laughs> let's take a break let's take a little commercial break from all this craziness and uh, we'll be right back how many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts chapter 19? where there were seven sons of Sceva and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. So they tried to do the same thing. So they go up to this guy who's demon possessed and they say, we adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah, and guess what the evil spirit did? evil spirit answered them and said to them, Hey, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered them, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to amazon.com and buy demons in my marriage bed. A true story of spiritual warfare the book is not about you being married or single the book is about dealing with demonic forces and you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you the book is a training manual and there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons it will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ you need to get this book and I am back just like I promised just like I promised wouldn't lie to you we continue on, I got three more stories here. Before I continue on, I want to uh, make an announcement that February, February 23rd, I'll be releasing another eight song EP. EP stands for Extended Play, which will be available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music all digital services, streaming services, or to purchase. Now, the thing about this is I I took seven singles that I have pre-released, seven singles uh, of these songs, and I remastered them. You know, the singles were good, and I put them up, but what happens when you do a single, and you mix it, and you master it, You put it up, there's no cohesiveness. It doesn't have to kind of meet the standards of the other songs because each one's a single, they stand on their own. And what I wanted to do is take all these songs that are just scattered everywhere and put them into a cohesive collection, like an EP that someone could buy and have all these singles, all these songs that I've written in one place. Okay, so the name of the EP is called "Down Here" because it's about being down here, and uh, it will go for sale for five ninety nine. So if you buy the singles, if you bought each single at a, at a, at ninety nine cents or a buck, it's like eight dollars seven ninety nine, right? So this is um, two dollars cheaper just to buy the the EP, and I did that on purpose to encourage people to get. I just, I just want to hear the songs so on it um i'm gonna have uh, i become a new man a judgment day fourth man barbecues on there hello everybody loves fourth man barbecue uh, why don't you look into jesus written by the late great larry norman and then a new song a new song i surrender all remember that old hymn i surrender all well, it was my attempt at kind of doing a a churchy kind of a thing. And I had a friend of mine play harmonica on it and uh, did a nice job. So in fact, how about at the end of this show, I'll play, I'll play that song. I surrender all I'll play it at the end of this at the show. And you're going to hear my attempt to, uh, you know, to haggle a, a song like that. So anyway, it's that's, that's brand new unreleased. And then uh, Hermantown, everybody loves Hermantown funk. F-U-N-K, funk it up, Because it's a funky song about the fallen angels coming to earth and screwing everything up. And then one of my favorite, favorite songs, Why Won't You Listen? Song I wrote about, well, people in general who won't listen to the gospel of Christ or won't listen to warnings and heeds. And Christ himself says, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody will open, I'll come in and uh, I'll have dinner with them. I'll hang out. We'll converse. All right. And the song's written about that. It's called Why Won't You Listen? And it's about regretting not listening. <laughs> and then the, the last song on this EP will be Mosquitoes Boogie. Mosquitoes Boogie, a little dance a tune. That's uh not a Christian tune, it's just a fun little tune. So anyway, that's my announcement on that. Now, in real news, you <laughs> you talk about up and coming artists or uh everybody could be a book author today, everybody could be a rock star. Um, you know, it's it's I'm putting out singles and EPs and producing music and you know the technology today and the the skills needed can be obtained uh, to do these things it's quite amazing so there's a lot of uh, young people doing it a lot of young rappers they call them soundcloud rappers a lot of them and a lot of them think that they're uh, famous already and they try to act that way and here's one here here's um he's a teenager he's nine well he's 19 years old and he killed two people in San Antonio in a shooting. And during, and during his arrest, when they arrested him, and they threw the mic in his face. He promotes his Instagram calling himself an upcoming artist <laughs> to reporters as he's being led away for a double homicide. It just tells you the mentality of these people. They're unbelievable. He's facing capital murder charges. And then he recites his Instagram account to reporters. He says, "I'm uh, check me out. I'm an upcoming artist. What an idiot. Really good looking kid. Um, Kyrian Christopher Williams, 19 years old. Very, very nice looking uh, young man uh, as far as today's uh, young men uh, go. But uh, apparently he's just all full of the devil. As he was being arrested Monday, a 19-year-old man suspected of killing two people and injuring five others. In San Antonio, he promoted his Instagram account to reporters. Kirian Christopher Williams is facing capital murder charges and a fatal shooting Sunday. It was during a concert inside a club. Detectives think that at least one of the victims knew the attacker and the incident was not random. But this guy promoted his social media account as officials walked him in handcuffs in front of news cameras. So here's what he tells him. This is a quote. He goes, that's me. I'm an upcoming artist. (laughs) After he recited his Instagram handle to reporters. Of course, he says he's acting in self-defense. Wounds five people and kills two people in self-defense. So he said, he told me he's going to kill me, William said. He told me because I bumped into him. He was going to kill me. So who knows who he's talking about or what he's talking about. And then he says something like this. He goes, uh, this is a quote. On the cool, I regret everything that I did. (laughs) On the cool, man. So let me go. I'm cool. On the cool, man. I regret everything. Uh, The guys that were killed, a 21-year-old man and a 25-year-old man, five other people were shot. They were expected to recover. Uh, One person was a 46-year-old woman, and the others are 16 to 19 years old. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't put his Instagram account on there. I wouldn't repeat it anyway. But as they're walking him out in handcuffs after a double murder, this idiot promotes himself as an up-and-coming artist on Instagram uh can't get uh you can't get more stupid than that you you really want to be down here with these stupid people I don't okay this is something that's just different don't know what this is uh this is about is this is a big story in uh in Colorado Apparently, that's what they say. It says, are the mystery drone swarms lingering near nuclear missile silos? And apparently, they can't figure this out. These things look like, uh, you know, like commercial drones, like the kind of stuff that uh, your neighbor flies around the neighborhood. And it says, for weeks, mysterious unidentified flying objects, and they really are unidentified. I mean, they got a lot of people, a lot of uh, government working on this because they're hanging around nuclear um, installations and they can't figure out where these things are coming from or who they belong to. Now, if, if it is a person doing this, they're going to be in a, in a big poo-poo, aren't they? But maybe they're an up-and-coming artist and they're trying to get attention. I don't know. Maybe they got an EP that's going to come out February 23rd So they're doing stupid stuff like this to get attention. You never know. But it says for weeks, mysterious unidentified flying objects over the eastern plains region of Kararara have vexed the residents, vexed them. Law enforcement, the military, the state, federal officials, all of them are vexed. Those who see them say they appear in the night sky, often several at a time. Their locations marked by the light they emit. You can hear them buzzing, they hoover, and they maneuver in precise formation. So it's not just one guy with a drone up there. It's it's a lot of them, and they're flying together. The mystery of their origin has gripped Colorado. News of a sighting makes nearer daily headlines, and no one has yet copped to operate an aircraft. I wouldn't think so. I think it would be in real, real trouble. The state's governor, Jared Polis, deployed the state plane to hunt them down after a pilot believed one of the objects came too close to a flight-for-life helicopter. And a constellation of government agencies has formed a task force to get to the bottom of this mystery. Wow. I I just, I can't see somebody doing this and not knowing they're going to get so whacked. I don't know. I don't know what they are. But apparently, there are 77 agencies that include the military, the FBI, and other representatives from all over the place. And they met at a closed-door briefing in a little small town of Brush. This was uh, just January the 6th. And here's what they say. They said, the group is not going to discuss the details of its inner workings, and it is not planning to provide incremental updates on its activities. In other words, don't ask us anything. Ian Greger is a Federal Aviation Administration spokeshole based out of Los Angeles, and he told the news media, we will inform the public about any important developments, but don't ask us what we're doing. 77 agencies. This is a big thing, folks. This is a big deal. This ain't just one of the blinky lights in the sky story. This is a big deal. This, this is like serious, serious felony crimes, but they can't figure out where these drones are coming from. The FAA has reached out to uh, the UAS test sites, drone companies, and companies that have authorization to operate drones in the area. But it says, but we have not been able to, do, to determine that any of these operators were the source of the reported drone flights. That's from the FAA. In the vacuum of any answer about who might be responsible for the aircraft, all kinds of theories have abounded on Google, you can imagine. So the media has been drawn to these small towns on the Colorado-Nebraska border. Uh, there's also a storm chaser crew on the case. Oh boy! Now, of course, you got the people who say they believe these UFOs are alien visitors. You always got to have those people. Other locals say what they they're seeing uh, are merely quadcopter-style drones. However, how many people would it take to operate all these drones on a nightly basis? Create such. Uh, intensity have seventy seven agencies including the FBI and the FAA, the state agencies, and take where are they where are they standing at to do this? Somebody says there's um there's there's nothing about these sightings that's inconsistent with drone technologies, okay. So they go so they're saying, so why reach for the most extreme explanation? I agree. Why, why, why say they're aliens? But what are they? And who's operating it? What, what is it? What is it? Besides, he says, everyone knows that the alien spacecraft prefer the American Southwest. Ha ha! Must be the Tex Mex cuisine. So when you read a sentence like that and you see somebody from SETI Institute in California which uses powerful telescopes and sensors to search for aliens, when you see them making fun, you know something's wrong. (laughs) Because they're making jokes. They're trying to make light out of it. Oh, just nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah. Nothing to see here. So no one knows where they're coming from. Some of the counties where the drones have been spotted do butt up against um, Warren air force base in Wyoming, airmen at the base, they man and protect around 200 underground silos, housing Minutemen, nuclear intercontinental ballistic missiles, ICBMs. Each one can wipe out several cities. So they say it's disturbing enough to see formations of glowing drones maneuvering in a grid pattern over sparsely populated expanses of land, but it's even more disturbing still to see them lingering near nuclear missile silos. Back in December 20th last month, some uh, residents reported the UFOs around uh, local, It reported to local and state government officials, including the Air Force. They denied to have anything to do with the nocturnal air shows. No one can quite figure out what the apparent drones are doing or why. The mysteries become big news in Colorado. Uh, this captain of a Lincoln County Sheriff's Office has added drone patrol to his law enfor- enforcement beat drone patrol. He has seen the mysterious objects more than once over Hugo, a town with a population. A few of the uh, an abnormal red light will appear on the horizon," he said. Now, this is a police captive, captain, captive. captive. <laughs> I was a police captive for years. This is a police captain, or of the of the of the county of the sheriff's office? Okay, so this is he's already legally a credible witness. He's 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 not a nut legally. He's he, he's a court credible witness, and he's saying that he sees or he notices an abnormal red light will appear on the horizon and soon a drone or whatever it is will buzz by overhead. He described a curious phenomenon to the media. Uh, He said they're square in shape with red lights on the corners and a white light in the middle that move around at a consistent speed of about 45 miles per hour. And a few hundred feet in the air regardless of the wind they emit a low hum and high-pitched whine he says it does not sound like your normal drone it sounds like a motor it sounds like a jetliner when you're standing next to an airport so you got that high whining sound zzz, you got that so the air force other military branches operate thousands of unmanned aerial vehicles ranging from airliner-sized Global Hawk spy drones to Reaper hunter killers the size of Cessnas. The military equips many of its ground units and ships with hand-launched drones, including quadcopter style models. The small radio-controlled UAVs help scout ahead of ships and ground troops and patrol sensitive sites. But they're saying... It ain't us. It ain't us. Ah. Uh, the Air Force in particular also uses small drones. So it says when cheap drones hit the market and terror groups begin modifying them to carry explosives, security airmen started to carry devices to track potential aerial intruders. So there's all kinds of, you know, checks and balances here. They can't figure out what is going on. Um so it's a big thing in um Colorado. So if you see a a weird drone around a nuclear site you know hold on hold on to your hat. Who knows what it'll be. One last story. One last story. This is a good one. This is a good one. A man returns $43,000. He found hidden in a couch that he bought at Habitant for Humanity store. Why would he do that? Well, it was his Christian conscience that had him do it. So just listen up and who knows? Who knows what I'd do? Who knows what you would do? But this guy, he turned it in. This guy's from uh, Michigan. He's a mid-Michigan man, found more than $43,000 cash hidden in a couch. He bought from a secondhand store. And though he had no apparent legal obligation to do so, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's uh, possession is nine-tenths of the law. I mean, it's his. I mean, he bought the couch. It's his. He decided to return the money to the family who donated the item. This guy's name is Ovid, I'm sorry, his name is um, Howard Kirby. Howard Kirby. He recently bought a set of furniture for $70. $70 from the Habitant for Humanity Restore. After the couch spent a few weeks in his man cave, he started to think something was off. He said the foot cushion always seemed kind of hard his daughter-in-law finally opened the cushion and was surprised to find a box containing tens of thousands of dollars in cash. It was 43,170. So surprised at his good fortune, Kirby considered how the cash could change his life. He said he could finish paying off his house. That's good. He could fix his roof, still have uh, money left over. So he contacted a lawyer and learned he had the legal right to keep the cash but Kirby felt his faith called him to do the right thing and try to return the money to the family who donated the couch. So there was something bothering him about it. And here's what he says. He said, the Holy Spirit just came over me and said, no, that's really not yours, Kirby said. So you can poo-poo this all you want and go, ah, the guy's crazy or whatever. But for him to attribute This saying, no, that's not really yours to the Holy spirit tells me there's something else going on with this guy. you know, that's not something that you naturally humanly do. So he, you know, this, this guy, he's hearing it. So he goes back to the store and the store gets in contact with the family. So they arrange a meeting at the store. Um, they didn't tell the family initially exactly what it was all about. So they just wanted to kind of come there and see what was happening. And then Kirby then surprised the family with a hidden cash. Now this cash had been stashed in the furniture of their recently passed away grandfather. They said the family says it was close to going up in flames at one point. The store was swamped with furniture at the time. And Restore and other resale shops were hesitant to take the grandfather's set because of its age. The family told Merlin, the guy that uh, runs the Restore, and Kirby that they had planned on burning the couch or all the furniture if they could not find a taker. And That would have took 43 grand up in smoke. And uh, Kirby, this guy, had questioned his whole life whether he'd do the right thing in a situation like this. He says he's glad this happened, so he knows now that he, in fact, would. He had no intention of getting attention for the deed, but he hopes it might help other people do the right thing as well. He said it belonged to them, and I'm glad I was able to give it back to them. Kirby said this, as a born-again Christian, I want to do what Christ would want me to do, and I think that's what he would want me to do. Amazing, amazing story. In the midst of all this horrible news, I just read. You know, and this um, this story is from Michigan Life. It's not a Christian. <laughs> it's not a Christian site. It's from Michigan Life, uh, and so this guy's this guy gets his faith, he gets he gets his Christianity out there, uh, on a mainstream media site because because of his act. So, um. Amazing, absolutely amazing. So that's it for the week. Uh, I'm going to play I Surrender All at the uh, end here. So God bless you. We'll talk to you Monday and have a great weekend.